episode four of the Project One podcast. Haven't done one of these in quite a, quite a while uh, and pretty much played it safe with the first three episodes of people I've known really well, but I'm trying to change that a little bit and trying to um, make things a little bit different and a little bit, you know, with the whole idea of this podcast was to get to know people and get to let everyone kind of tell their stories, which was exactly what we wanted to achieve so today on the other end of it i've got luke rosario so luke you and i met basically very briefly like we haven't had really much to do with each other other than uh originally you bought a camera off me and then eventually i brought a a lens back off you so we've been like facebook marketplace but then also you know after meeting you the first time realized you know into the photography and followed your Instagram and vice versa and we're here. So mate, it's it's good to have you on. Let's let's start with that. Thanks, mate. It's good to be here. So let's well let's let's start with uh let's start with the photography thing. Like so I know you're into photography and into basically anything creative on it. Your Instagram's full of videos from all over the place. Um uh special like Basically, what what started you in photography? Um, pretty much me spending a lot of time out in nature and realising I was the only person out there, you know, like I'd be out for sunrises, for sunsets, I'd be out late at night watching the stars and I was like, it, it was amazing having these places to myself, but at the same time I felt like this is, these are sort of things that I really want to share with other people and, and show them the you know the beauty of, of life really and nature itself yeah i'm i'm a lot like that is with mine most of my uh real photo my bet my favorite photography is nature scapes and stuff like that but um as you're saying you you've been lucky enough to have a lot of these places to yourself so let's let's talk about that a little bit i remember again when the first time i met you you've rocked up in your van which is basically a camper van but you live 90% of your time out of that where you were at the time is that still the case yeah I've got a different van now but but still the same um you know the whole four walls thing of a house as opposed to the freedom of sliding the door open to whatever location I'm at is um still just grabs me so yeah still the same yeah so let's let's talk about that let's like because we're at a stage in New South well it's getting to a point now where all over the country is going into lockdowns we've had victoria in lockdowns we've had um we've had you know queensland have just started do, to do one now and new south wales is in probably their toughest one yet but we're, we're both on the central coast here we've had very limited kind of cases of covid but how do you lock down someone who lives out of a van like how does how does that how does the lockdown affect you especially like because especially with travel i know i'm pretty sure you're still on the central coast at the moment yeah so are you do you have a fixed address that they can say you need to stay in this area or what's the story nah well i actually spoke to the um i rang the police hotline to double check on that um but having no fixed address there's not really you know i'm not really affected by it at all i can still I can still leave and all that sort of stuff and be wherever I want to leave. The only, um, you know, the only thing that I was told was, you know, be smart, wear your mask, keep your distance, do all that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, there's not really much that they can do 
for someone whose house is is mobile, you know. So it presents an opportunity for me to still go and travel, but at the same time, with a lot of people being caught in the fear of everything, I don't really want to rustle feathers either. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's obviously you want to do your part, like um, as far as doing the right thing is as well. It's it's kind of interesting though when you consider what the right thing even is. Like, but that's you know that's a that's a whole other conversation. Um, but uh, no, blindly blindly listening to what the rules are is you know when the rules don't seem just is a bit ridiculous, especially if like someone like yourself, you are a, a travel bug and you do feel the need to like you know wander around and find new new stuff. Yeah, mate, it does, um, you know, it, it does present a lot of questions to me, especially, you know, what you said, the, the, the rules kind of don't match up um, to the scenario and they're constantly chopping and changing. So it creates a lot of confusion. And, you know, for, for myself, it really is hard for me to keep my feet planted and in one spot for too long. But um, at the same time, at, at the moment, you know, I don't really pay much attention to it anymore. I, just decided to focus on what I'm doing and now I'm just making the most of the coast as it is like focusing on my training and, and getting to do yoga outside going to the beach if I want to um, you know just, just making the most of what we've got without getting caught up getting too caught up in all of it because you know it's pretty pretty hard to stay out of the whole situation when there's so many indiscrepancies going on on either side of it and everyone's involved now. So like, if you want to go somewhere, like you can either just, you know, stay on the side of the road or do you, do you often go into like a more official kind of campsites, like a powered campsite or something, or is it just always wherever you, wherever you end up? Just wherever I end up, man, I'm pretty inclined to stay away from all those places. Like if I really have to, I'm more than happy to go and, pay to stay somewhere but you know generally the places I head which are mostly north it's quite rural up there so I could be on different beach for a week straight and barely see a person or awesome. you know yeah a lot of the towns the smaller towns that I go and stay in um you know they're after meeting so many locals from so many different places they're all fine for me to pull up wherever I don't really have any issues with that but um but yeah try to keep it as much to the camp lifestyle as I so, can. So you love, like you said, you go pretty rural, but like what, what brought it on? What, when at, did you ever have four walls? What, what was the, what was the change that, you know, made you go kind of nomadic? Uh, well, um, you know, it's funny, like I've, my, my trade is roofing. though so I've had a lot of different, opportunities to step out of that and try different things and um i guess the biggest part was you know i traveled over to india to study yoga and had a really big culture and life shock so to speak um you know and then once i got back i just found myself on the roof staring off into the into the distance thinking wow and there's really so much to experience and so many opportunities to create so many different ways of living that, um, you know, the whole four walls thing stopped making sense to me, you know, like I couldn't quite understand it anymore. And like, you know, like I've lived in share houses with mates 
and all those kind of things. And um, yeah, just just after a while, just just my goals changed. Um, at first, I wanted to, you know, get a house, do all those kind of things, um, and you know, do the do the usual structure of things. But um, once I got a taste of that freedom and opportunity, it was it, it was game over for me then. Like I've never felt comfortable. Just to me, it feels like settling, which is mm. perfect for for those that um, want to do that, have kids, and all those kind of things. Like it, it works for some people, but it's just something that you know. Like I just have this wanderer spirit that I can't um, can't quite close off right now. I find I find I fall somewhere in the middle. Like I I love to get out. I love to get it. Like I've, I'm married, but I've got some um, like. I also had that solo adventure in me as well. Like, so I'll just say, hun, I'm off for a weekend at the moment, no kids at the moment, which makes that easier. But, um, and we both, we both like to get away. We do have a, a house full of pets to look after though. So we've, I've got that kind of, I, it was funny cause you kind of want, sometimes it's hard to get the best of both worlds. Like, as you said, on, on one hand, you get to travel all these places, but I mean, like I, I wouldn't give up like my pets for anything. I, I grew up on a farm basically. So I've got heaps of animal. I've always had heaps of animals around me and I love that. It's a little bit harder to maintain that when you're bouncing around here and there, but let's, let's talk about your travel. So we'll, I'll, I'll come back. I want to come back to the India thing. That sounds amazing, but especially if it's such a life-changing experience, it's completely changed your outlook on life. So we'll, we'll definitely get to that. But let's talk about your travels here. Since coming, since coming back, since getting the van, what, what kind of kilometres have you done? Like, where have you been? Uh, I've been up and down the East Coast only so far, based, uh, pretty much due to the um, fact that I still love martial arts and things that keep bringing me back to the coast, you know, that I'm not really just ready to surrender completely. So I've been, um, you know, all up through Queensland, back down towards Jindabyne and all that sort of stuff. So pretty close to Victoria, uh, quite a few places in between there, you know, like I, it's, you don't really realize how big Australia is until you start driving parts of it. And then so um, you know, if I was to run a list for all the places between um, Jindabyne and um, up through Goldie and stuff like that, it you know it'd take up the whole podcast. So yeah. I've been very lucky to to see a lot um, just in, just in that space, which you know we consider small because we sort of used to it, but it's actually such a vast place, you know. So. You know, from the snow to the bush, we've got little rainforests and then the coastline as well. Um, yeah, so kept it to the east coast for now. And have, you, have you documented any of that? Like, have you like, you know, I, I like to know where I've been. And it's really funny because I never used to be like that. I used to just kind of roll places. And then in more recent times, I've gone back to places not realizing that I'd ever been there. And um, I've come back and, oh, I've actually been to this place before and like just completely wrote it off, not realizing that it was that like I was up at um, Crescent head, not that long ago and hadn't realized I'd already been there. Like, and just going, Oh, wow. That's a beautiful spot. But it's funny because we, we were just traveling um, 
you just kind of rock up and go, oh, okay, this is familiar. This is, this is, this is amazing. And then when I went there the second time, I was like, oh, wow, I've actually done this all before. Why did I not keep coming here for the last five, 10 years? Yeah, well, definitely, you know, and I, and I completely understand that. Uh, I, I started out the same way. I, you know, I was just like going to all these places and you don't realize how much you do in your time that you can forget about those little things. And so between my photography videos and getting a massive writing pad, um, I'll, I've been able to record basically everywhere, especially the people that I've met as well, because I've met so many. That's, that's the biggest thing about van life is um, I've met so many amazing people from so many different walks of life and just had great connections through that. And so for me, like writing down names and I guess conversations that come up that really struck a chord with me has really helped me to um, remember um, how good the journey has actually been. I was, I was lucky enough to um, meet a, a couple up at, out at um, Nambucca Heads a few months ago before all this kind of kicked off again. Um, but, you know, they just were, I was in a, a dodgy little caravan park. I mean, it's not, not terrible. I don't want to bad mouth any places, but it was just, it, it is what it, it is. What it is. Yeah. Um, caravans kind of right next to each other. It's not really my favorite thing to do, but I was actually coming back from, Brisbane at the time and I was just like this is a good little stopping point on the way um didn't know much about it looked good on the uh on the reviews and stuff so and it was fine it was there was nothing wrong with it at all but I met up with a this like not an older couple than me but they've just they just done everything like they'd done all the four-wheel driving tracks with the um with the van on the back or you know where they couldn't they leave the van somewhere and um and just go again. And I was, and I love meeting people like that. People who've got that kind of life experience and you're just like, tell me something about it. Tell me more about it. I want to know, I, I want to either experience what you've experienced or at least hear about it. Like I, I think it's a, it's a fantastic thing to actually hear what other people have done. Makes you, it gives you that real lust for life. Oh yeah, man, you're not wrong. And that's, um, that's one of the biggest um, inspirations behind it all you know like and especially meeting the older couples who have that experience that life experience you know like they've, they've started out in the in the grind of the nine to five and done all that and then found this this new taste for life in, in this kind of way and um, you know that, that's the biggest thing that yeah like I said motivates me to keep going because they see me traveling by myself and a lot of them are like I wish I'd found this at your age and not worried about everything else for the future and just taking advantage of this kind of lifestyle and lived it all the way through. Um, so, you know, when I hear things like that and, and just, and like you said, like they're seasoned in, in experience. So it's like their, their stories just hold such, such depth and reverence. Like it's, um, it's hard to, you know, not pay attention when they're going through just these amazing stories of their own journeys and where they've been and and how happy they are to to be living such a simplistic way it's uh yeah it's really motivating yeah absolutely and the fact that like i said that you've just said no nah, i'm doing this right now and not waiting like how how old are you as of today 33 33 yeah okay so and you've been at this a while already so like 
bit of travel. Like, so you came back and did the van thing. We'll, we'll come back to the India trip. How how often had you had you been overseas going into that trip? Uh, well, you know, like I'd done Bali. Mm. I'd done a Bali trip with a lot of mates, and there was a, a whole bunch of us. And I found myself, you know, I, I personally, I don't, I don't drink, so. I found myself distancing from them a fair bit and going to like Hindu temples and finding out about the culture and trying all these crazy Balinese foods, of, you know, street foods and all that that I'd never heard of before and just really found myself digging into the culture there. So that was, that was like a bit of a taste for me and then didn't do much for a while. Then India, I was actually going to go up to Byron to study yoga and then I just seen this subheading for India and then that was... That was just the calling moment for me. Yeah. Okay. So, so take us there. Let's 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 have a look at. Obviously, it was a, a big life changing um, trip for you. How how long were you there for? And how did it like? Let's talk about how it shaped you. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah. It's it's quite an interesting journey with, with that one. Uh, Mum's born in Calcutta, and so you know I've. Growing up, I was always kind of like, I would shy away from that and not really um, honor it, so to speak. And then once I got over there, I was a bit shaken up at first. Like my cousin had taken his life like two days before I flew out. And so I was just on the rocks big time with it. And, um, you know, I got off at, you know, so I had all these ideas and expectations when I was on the plane over there. It's a pretty long journey, about 13 hours <laughs> on the plane there. And then, um, so I was really restless and didn't know, you know, I was creating all these scenarios in my head. And then you get off the plane and walk out at Delhi airport and it was just packed. Like, oh, you can hear car horns, like bumper to bumper everywhere, but people still managing their way through it all. And, um, yeah, it was a bit, a bit gnarly getting, uh, getting off the plane there and then driving from Delhi to, oh, sorry, catching another plane over to Derudun, which would then take me to Rishikesh by a car, going through there and seeing, you know, Delhi's a pretty built-up city. And then, um, you know, you get into these smaller places and it's it's just wild. Like some some houses are made out of like bits of sheet metal and, looks like concrete underlay and stuff like that. So, you know, getting off the plane there and having a look firsthand at it was just really wild. And there's, you know, I was there for a month and just over a month the first time I went there. And, you know, like I said, life-changing experience. You, You get to these smaller places and stuff like that. And you see, like, for instance, I was walking down one of the streets and you see, like, this kid, playing by a fire and stuff like that. Then the next morning I'm walking down to the river for sunrise and the kids are asleep on the side of the road next to the fire. But then during the day, they're like the happiest kids I've ever seen in my life. So it really, really humbled me a lot in so many ways to be absolutely grateful for, for everything, you know? It's, um, it takes away from the whole... Um it takes away from that whole i need to have things to be happy doesn't it like uh and as you said like at one stage in your life you were I, I i want the house i want the you know i want all of that stuff that four walls and then it all changed um i found something similar like when i'm i, I love vanuatu like i'm a 
a massive fan of the place. I've been over there a few times now and I would like to go there once a year for the rest of my life, to be honest. Like at, at very least, I've got some friends over there that I've met, but the difference in the way people live, like they've got barely anything, but they survive as long as they eat and are healthy enough. They're, they're good. Do you know what I mean? Like they're happy. They're, they live in a beautiful place, but they don't need, like, I don't, no one seems to own hardly anything over there. There's only, I've got a, a friend of mine who does a fair bit of stuff and he's, um, he's native, he's, he's knee bound, but he, um, he like, he's like real industrious in what he does. But most of the people you meet, they kind of just seem to be, living on bare essentials but they're happy and friendly and you know willing to take you in i i had a crazy experience over there when i um i went in there and i was staying at a resort and i'm like okay i don't i don't want to do that anymore either i mean don't mind staying at a decent place but the more i get to know people over there the more i'd like to go and see how they live and live you know a bit like that but i went over there and first thing i went in walked into a market and a guy calls me over just, you know, sees, sees a tourist, I think, but like comes over to me and he's starts talking to me and like, he's really nice. Like this is, but when I say sees a tourist, I mean, not see someone for not see someone who they can milk out of some money, but see someone who he wants to spruik his country to. Do you know what I mean? Like he's so happy. He loves his country so much that he's, he wants to spruik it. And I've gone in there and within five minutes of me being back there, this is in the, the last trip I went, he's like, oh, come drink carver with us. And I ended up that afternoon when they finished work at the markets, ended up driving down some back roads, man. It's honestly, a little bit concerned at some times, <laughs> driving through like dead set jungle in the middle of the night going, we seem to go and be going way off the reservation here and um, end up at this little carver bar, like, which is literally jungle surrounding me, dark, black as night, like just completely dark and very, very little light going on. And we're doing carver and, I, and I'm just like, this is great. A little bit nervous. I wasn't ever going to get myself back, but it yeah. was still amazing. And then we ended up walking through like, I reckon 300 meters of, of, bushland and i couldn't have told you if it was going to be 300 meters or five kilometers or what like it was just that dark and he just knew where he was and he's like all right go back to a main road to another carver bar and then you know this is this is all on the and that's the kind of experience that i i love about it like i love getting to know local people like that but it's the same even here but anyway back to, back to india so you've you've now gone to some of the more rural places and it gave you an appreciation of well what you've had and what how does that kind of influence you going forward well you know the, the way i look at it is you know we're, we're very blessed in western countries to have so many things at our fingertips the thing that i feel that feel that a lot of us are missing is the gratitude for it you know, we start to be, um, start to become, you know, entitled in our own minds that, um, you know, everything is ours and stuff like that. But from what mm. I've seen over there, it just, it just changed. And like you said, man, the people with little that are so happy, that's, that's like a real big thing to me. Like I, I was shown through that living experience what true happiness was and it had nothing to do with things. It was a, 
it was a state of mind and an acceptance of reality as it was. And, you know, like um, we had, I'd be going down sitting on the Ganges every day and there'd be these young kids sitting down there and, um, you know, and I was half the time I was with like a yoga school and stuff like that and there'd be a few of us out. And, you know, one day one of the people from the class went and bought all the kids ice creams and stuff like that and they, they were just so stoked yeah. just to have that, you know, just someone actually took enough time out of their day to pay attention and sort of like gift them something. And then, you know, two days later, we're all down on the river and like they'd learn our names and all that sort of stuff. And, and then they come down with these handmade bracelets that were, you know, purple and green, all with our names stitched into them and these gifts for each of us. And I don't know if they had to pay for it or made it themselves or got them made, but it was a lot more than the ice cream. Yeah. Especially for time and for effort and like, just as you said, that absolute gratitude is, is amazing. Like it, it kind of reminds me of a quote. Um, what is it? It's hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men and weak men create hard times. So it's a cyclical thing. But the thing is, I think when things are hard, you get a bunch of strong people to, who, who come out of it, come out of a tough, a tough time and make it good. But the longer that you're in that good, that good time, the easier it is to forget that what it took to get there. So like the gratitude goes away and it just becomes like, it just becomes like almost like you're entitled to it. And you, this is where you end up with a bunch of entitled people just thinking that they're, well, I've had this for my whole life. I should always have this when it can realistically be just taken away just like that. And, but even if it, even if it's not taken away, you should be thankful for it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right, man. And you know, I still can't, I've still got that bracelet to this day. I've, I've put it up somewhere. It's something that always um, humbles and reminds me if I ever start to fall back into that, you know, which is, which is easy to do in our, everything culture you know the accessibility to have everything um so little but you know nothing compares to seeing that that happiness and and you know that's a lot of the perception that indian people um that have that they're just so happy with what they have they still continue to say thanks for the little that they have and um and you know there's no you know there's still there's still scammers and all that kind of thing but i don't really see it as that these days i look at mm. it as someone that's trying to survive you know it's yeah. a lot different than someone scamming you over here when our government constantly pays people to stay at home yeah you know you know so there's there's, there's a big difference there and you know they're just trying to eat and feed their family so i uh, um, have a lot of gratitude for them too because they're usually very funny and very insightful people that take the time to chat to you but um but yeah, you know, just, just seeing that true experience of what I perceive to be happiness, to have nothing and still smile in the face of every day and be grateful for it, that that was the biggest blessing for me. Like, And, you know, like in India, the power goes out all the time. The hot water is not always great. Um, a lot of people sleep on the roofs in Rishikesh, um, just on basically like a little sheet or something like that. But still mate day in day out they wake up they're, they're happy they're you know it's, it's a beautiful thing to see really yeah the absolute little things that realistically that being alive is enough to 
make you happy. Like, whereas, you know, we've probably got higher depression rates and stuff like that over here. And, you know, we've been given everything. Like it, it's, it's a, it's a funny, it's funny that no one has got it all perfectly worked out yet. And I, I think I'm like you, I've got, they like said, you've got more time for people who are seen as scammers because they're just trying to get by. Like, I think we need to understand that some people don't have the same capability as others as well. Like, and you've, you've got to have either patience or be thankful that like, they're still, they're still making their way through life the same as anyone else. So people who may be less educated or, um, you know, or don't have, or aren't very well off. And it's, it's really funny because I don't consider myself well off at all, but then you consider what half of the world goes through and you go, wow, you are doing just fine. Yeah, mate, you're, you're spot on there. And like, and speaking even further onto that, um, to have little and still make the most of it. Um, in my second trip, I was out at Rajasthan, which is the desert. And we took a camel tour out, you know, three hours out into the desert. You could see the Pakistani border and all that stuff from where we were. and it was amazing like these kids at, at night like well when I say kids I like young adults um that were the part of the tour guide um they come over with empty jugs of water and they started playing a song with us using those jugs as drums and stuff like that and it was a song about chai and chapati which is like a Indian bread and mate it was amazing sitting out in the desert no light interference, um, just the stars everywhere and just just this song just echoing through everything. It was just, mate, it was an experience I'll never forget. Experiences like that make your life, don't they? Like it's it's incredible. And I I think over here we're a little bit too like oh I go back to this a few times and it makes me laugh. It's from like from the movie Crocodile Dundee, like from the first one, believe it or not. He's um and it's funny for such a simple message, you go, he talks about going to New York and he's like 20 million people all wanting to live together. New York must be the friendliest place on earth. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, what? And like, but just that attitude of like, you can be so close yet so segregated. And I think we, I think we fall into that here as well. I think, you know, you might be friendly with your neighbors, but do you know, do you know your neighbors from three doors away? You know, you probably give them a bit of a wave if you're a nice enough person. And if you're not, yeah, you never have anything to do with them or people getting in blues with their name. It's, it's, there seems to be more animosity than, than good. And we're in the same community, you know, whereas some of these other communities like all over the world, they really get the concept of community and are happy to, share their community with you as even as a visitor like coming from outside they're like all over it they're all over the hospitality yeah mate and um you know that, that's a big thing that i notice is you know community is a big thing to me so i make a point of saying good day to everyone even if you get the person that looks at the ground or looks away and doesn't say anything back or doesn't smile back or anything it makes no difference to me but um you know and i kind of learned that from being in other places and, and seeing how open they are to, to new people and to building community, really. Like you go to Jodhpur, which is the blue city, um, and there's like 
a one and a half um, lane road which has cars going both ways, motorbikes, and then millions of people on top of that. And they all make it work. There's no like real big fighting or anything over it. Like, of course, there's going to be a disagreement here and there and that. But, you know, seeing that, that flow, like it really hones in that like community is meant to work and free flow as, as one in all, in all ways and be open to working as one. Otherwise, you know, like you said, you get the animosity, you got the people that don't, that, that flew with each other, that don't even know anyone that lives in their street. And, you know, it just creates a, a divide that's not needed. Even though we're physically so close, we put up all these, all these walls. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I love that when you do get out and you get out camping. And I find this all the time. Of course, you get your people, they're all, they're just in their big groups and they go together. But it's, always seems friendlier when you're just out and about do you know what i mean like when you're out in the bush like there's no no one lives here but we are, we're all here at this stage so it's like no one owns this we're just all and i find people are a little bit friendlier in that in that kind of circumstance um and it, that's my experience anyway so i think there really is something to that but when we fix addresses and you know someone walks on your front yard and you're annoyed that they've walked on your front yard like it's it's kind of ludicrous in the end it's just grass they're not hurting anything you know it's 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 i think there's a real we could really use a real attitude shift to really make australia a bit more of a community than it is yeah mate well you're spot on there and exactly exactly what you said it's a you know um friendlier people out when you're exploring as opposed to people on their own property and that's the thing it's mine, mine, mine versus ours, ours, ours. And that creates two totally different dynamics altogether. I like that. That's good. Um, yeah. So let's, um, okay. So you, you talked a little bit about how flowing together and that kind of stuff. So let's, let's take that to what you're talking about. You're saying you've obviously done a lot of yoga in your time. I'll be honest. I am, I've been very interested in that, but not, find myself without the time like there's a i'm reading a book at the moment um which talks about embracing kind of timelessness um and just acting like time isn't really a thing like see time time's a tool it's used to structure things and get through but sometimes you want to just completely take away that structure and kind of embrace a bit of a flow state um so let's let's talk about that let's talk about your yoga and let's talk about something and what do you achieve out of yoga that's that's the first thing i'd like to know and when it comes to yoga it's it's interesting like um it creates that timelessness that you're speaking about because it creates space um off the mat as much as it done on the mat you know when you when you're on the mat doing yoga you're breathing and just being super present and time feels like it can go for for ages like you know you might be in one posture for a long time and you like you start to really see the expansion of timelessness there and then when you're off the mat you know and it's one of those things it's a living experience it's one thing to have knowledge and understand the benefits intellectually but to then experience it and be able to understand it um intellectually physically emotionally mentally and spiritually that's it creates a total shift because you begin to, it, it begins to quiet, quiet them down the chatter that's in the mind. And it's not necessarily that it's not there anymore, 
you're just not as stuck in it. You know, the, the day-to-day, the routine, looking at the clock to see what time, everything, you know, because we get so caught up in these routines where it's like, I have to do this by this time, that by this time, this and that. And, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I get the same way. Like, you know, like it's, um, like you said, it's a tool that we've constructed for ourselves to try to keep us in check. And, um, and you know, but, but doing yoga really helps to, to bring you and keep you in that present moment um, and help you appreciate that, that sort of timelessness. Um, yeah, it's a really, it's a really good thing. I feel like uh, that you should definitely jump on the mat and have a crack. It's, you know, cause, and, and I get it. Like, you know, you, you get to eight o'clock and you're like, well, I better get to bed so that I can do A, B, C, D and E, go to work and um, F, G, H, I before bed mm. the next day. And, you know, but breaking up that to then come into that space really helps to alleviate the pressure of time in general. Yeah, I'm in a... I'm in a bit of a space at the moment where I'm actually very lucky with what I do. I'm a teacher, but I'm a casual teacher and that's completely by design. Like I've had contracts where I'm on a class all year and there are, there is definitely things I miss about that, but I love the idea of if I need to take a day to myself, I can just go, well, I'm just not going to work that day. So, and there is, there's something about taking a little bit of time out from a you know, a nine to five. And cause I, I actually hate the concept of a nine to five. I think it's ludicrous. I think we work far too much and enjoy life far too little. Um, I think a five day, when, when you're talking five days to two, as far as, you know, work days to weekends, and that's only your, that's only your social standard. There's people that are doing six, seven days of work and never taking any time. But yeah, I, so I'm a little bit lucky and I was thinking at the moment with lockdown, I'm not getting a lot of work at the moment, which is fine. So doing, doing okay. Not like I said, there's plenty of people having it a lot tougher than me over, over this time, but I've been really trying to use extra hours to take on things like yoga and take on things like meditation and trying to take on things like a flow state where you shut off everything else and you almost, you switch off, the brain you turn off the brain to stay in that in that moment so i i really i think i'm right at the absolute beginning of it but i'd like to think that when all the lockdown stuff's over that i can still manage to continue on a bit of a journey there as well yeah mate and you know it's a, it's a good thing to implement especially if you've got the time now because you have that space to do it for as long as you like and even if it does get back to you know, um, once the lockdown's over and stuff like that and you're going back to work, um, yoga is timeless. It doesn't matter if you do yoga for five minutes or for five hours. There, there are um, aspects of it that, that you can do in, you know, that small space, but then you can also take yoga with you throughout your day. It doesn't have to be postures or anything like that. It can be the, the breath work, the... Mm karma yoga which is the act of doing without the idea of receiving um and you know just little things that continually bring you back into the present moment and that's what really the gift of of yoga is it's the ability to be in that open space no matter where you are obviously a a bit of a a spiritual guy like but when 
that can mean anything to anyone, to be honest. Like, so what does that, what does that mean to you? What does being spiritual mean to you? Like, is it obviously, is it a deity thing? Is do you believe in a creator, a God of some sort, or is it just, you know, a more likely a personal thing that you feel connection with, you know, your own spirit and with the world around you? Oh, that's, that's a really great question. Um, so for me, I believe in a creator. Um, I don't necessarily label as label it as anything other than creator. Like I yeah. do um, chanting in Hindi to um, Ganesha, which is one of their deities, which I really resonate with. Um, just his attributes and all that stuff really, um, yeah, really resonate. And you know, spirituality more about. Uh, to me is more about connection to self and connection to all beings, all, all life as it is um, and connection there. So having that, um, that, that self intuition I'm going to use mm. that, that to be aware of oneself and understand that we're having this experience, whatever comes next whatever comes before uh it doesn't really matter like we're having this experience now but to be able to see life and love in every single part of life everything that's alive is kind of yeah what it means what it means to me is just to to be here and be present and enjoy the experience really um and be open to learning that's a big part of my spirituality as well to be open to learning um yeah you know like you, you could go down all different paths like i look into a lot of different things when it comes to spirituality like energy work and all that kind of stuff um a strong connection to nature and really at the end of the day it comes down to like an in interconnectedness of consciousness to realize that mm. we are all this all the same. We have our individuality. We have all that kind of thing. But essentially, when you break us down to atoms, energy-based ideas, we're we're all the same, having a having an experience. And the power of spirituality teaches me personally that we can create whichever one we like. That's cool. Yeah, it it really does kind of enforce that idea of community. If we're all one energy realistically even though we have individuality that we are one energy and that you know we're all working through the life in front of us together and we should be trying to enjoy it like i, I really do appreciate that so speaking of energy like you said you're, you're a martial artist as well like this is what's really martial arts is such a is certainly a a wide society because there are people who are into it just for the damage if that makes sense and then there's people who see a more spiritual side of it i'm i'm i pretty much think it goes without saying that you're more you're more into the spiritual side of it as well but how tell us about your martial arts journey where did where did that start oh <laughs> funnily enough growing up i was a really angry dude mm. uh, i didn't know it at the time i was nice to people and all that but i just really held this this anger deep inside me and one day my one of my mates was um, going to a marsh, uh, to an MMA class and he asked if I wanted to go along. 
And, you know, the first day I went in there, we got to meet everyone, did a little bit of just sparring to get a feel for it and that. And I just got whooped. I was just getting thrown <laughs> and whooped. And I was like, oh, wow. But, but it, it sparked something within me. I was like, I, I can do this, you know. And it was just, it, it, it just called to me. So, um, you know, at first when I started out, all I wanted to do was to learn. And then after a while, I started to notice, you know, like you said, the damage side of it, the egotistical side of it and all that sort of stuff. So I stepped away from a lot of places and that's when I found uh, Muay Thai. Mm. And that was amazing for me because there is such deep spirituality that comes with that. And being the art of eight limbs, it's very highly connected to yoga because it's the same the same thing like the yoga is basically an eight limb path as well and um and yeah you know it's been a, a wild journey since then I, I don't really have the the exact words to really hone in on how powerful it is but the way that it teaches you to flow with your body as well as someone else's and how to manipulate energy through technique and stuff like that um, Man, it's a, it's a real big blessing to have in the world. It's funny, isn't it? Like that you think of, it is literally a martial art, you know, designed to defend yourself, but it also brings apart like, you know, the biggest brotherhood amongst people as well. Like, mate, you, you, do, Muay, you do Muay Thai. I'm, I'm a yeah, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner and... I had a really similar story. I remember the first time I walked into um, a jiu-jitsu. This is back in the day when there was only like eight black belts in Australia. So my actual first coach was actually a blue belt, would you believe? Um, this is going back oh, 12, 12 years ago or something something along those lines. And um, I got into like a, a wrestler role, a grapple. Um, and he just tapped me like sub once. Oh, there's my guy. My arm, I'm being choked. Tap. And I reckon five minute roll tapped 25 times i i yeah. don't even think i'm and then you just but then he took me aside and says okay let's change a couple of things let's do this let's do this and i used to think i could wrestle do you know what i mean like i used to think i could fight going in and then you go oh you know, you know nothing you don't know a thing that's a it's so humbling that you go you do not know a thing about this and then the more you do it and the more you do it with other experienced practitioners, you just get that flow going on. And sure, you are trying to reach an outcome because they know so much of this art as well. It usually goes longer and longer and the, it becomes like it's human chess in that sense, but it's just flowing and flowing. And like you, but then when someone new comes in, you don't just want to dominate that person go, oh, look what I know. You go, no, I want to show you this. So I want to show you what I know and get that experience that I get out of it. So yeah, I'm with you. I think martial arts is an absolute, a spiritual blessing. Like I, I find it incredible. I find it, I find the brotherhood in it incredible, but it's funny though, how, like I said, it can, it can lend itself to all sorts of people. But like you said, you were angry as a young bloke. I was exactly the same. And I feel like even though I might still have a temper that needs to be kind of curtailed at times, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's funny, you've, you've got a better way of dealing with things that make you angry. It makes sense. Yeah, definitely, mate. And, you know, anger's 
Anger's an emotion like the rest of them mm. on all parts of the spectrum. I don't think it's meant to be buried. Um, I think that becomes really unhealthy and which leads to yeah. anger snaps and all that sort of stuff. But to learn how to express it healthily, you know, um, that's where martial arts comes into it a lot because it teaches you a lot about grounding. And, you know, like you said, you get humbled a lot and all that sort of stuff. And there's the big, the big brotherhood with it as well that helps keep you lifted all the time. And you, you're pushing and you're challenging, channeling your anger through challenges in different ways. Um, you know, and that's why I'm so grateful for the recent team that I've been with. Um, they're, they're amazing, you know, such a good team. And it's... Where are you training? Genders. Where are you training out of now? I've been off for a little while, but... Um, well, it's not Toro much. Fight. Yep. yep. Yeah, it's uh, Toro Fight and Fitness under Matt Cashmore. and um, you know, like I've just got all the best words to say about that bloke and the team. You know, they're they're always like always taking time to work with everyone. Um, you know, it's it really comes back to the art form there, as as the Thais would say, um, beautiful Muay Thai, which is like the art of it rather than the the damage side of it. You know, which which comes with it. Like I'm not gonna lie, like it it hurts. <laughs> yeah oh yeah 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 no doubt like um it's uh, it's like what is it there was an old uh an old saying we come together with our best friends and simulate murder do you know what i mean <laughs> like it's 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 yeah. incredible but it's it's real life affirming in that same sense like you're not there to try and really hurt each other especially with your your training it's actually i'll be honest i'm my confidence is so much stronger knowing what I know now and having put in the hours that I've put into, into jujitsu. So like there's, it's confidence building, it's brotherhood building, it's spiritually building. It's like meditative, it's flow. It's so many good things, but it can have that other side to it, which is one of those things that really it's, and there's not necessarily anything wrong with that either, except that you've kind of just got to, you, I, for me, you should be embracing the whole picture, the yin and the yang, so to speak. Like if, cause if you're, if you're not, then it's probably like anything, anything can be destructive. Anything can be destructive. And if you take, if you go from it the wrong way. Yeah, mate. And you know, like we've all got that, we've all got those polar opposites of, of yin and yang. And, um, and you know, we, we have that primal animal, we are primal animals, you know, we're just learning how to work with both aspects of our energy. So, you know, like when I see the, when you see the guys that do come through that are there purely out of ego that want to hurt people, you know, when, you know, if you, if you're fighting, then that's fine. You different thing. Yeah. Competing all together. Yeah. Competition is, there's nothing wrong with competition either. Like it's funny. Cause I like, if I'm watching something like the UFC, it's really funny watching the lines that people draw. Like someone like Conor McGregor is really like really splits people because he's, because he talks so much rubbish on the outside of it, but it's for what he's doing. He's, he really is a business and like, you can argue whether he takes it too far or not, but he is literally in this thing to make money, you know? So that's, yeah, there's other people like you watched, you went and watched kind of like a George St. Pierre back in the day who was all about the spiritual side of it and all about that. And he was probably the best ever. So like, it's, it's interesting that you can come for, and you can take 
like, like most things, you take what you want out of it. And I guess that just comes down to a personal perspective. Yeah, well, that, that's exactly right. You know, and the ones that are heavy and intent, heavy on just the intention of hurting people, I've, I tend to find that don't usually last too long. You know, once, once they realize they're not the biggest or the baddest person in the gym anymore, and there's guys half their size that will um, give them back exactly. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Now, then, you know, they, they tend to, you know, they get a little bit bruised on the inside and don't want to, uh, don't want to play anymore. But, you know, it's, it's also, you also see the opposite of that where people come in, they get, they get humbled and, and like myself, that things shift. Yeah. Like I never wanted to go in and hurt anyone, but I was an angry person that had had street fights and stuff like that. And, you know, so, but the way that it changed, changed me from within me is for a lot of the time as well, you, you see that happening to other people and then you start to see their, their more open side and the, the real them that's underneath all that bravado. And it's a, you know, it's a really good shift to see. Um, that's, that's why martial arts is so amazing because it, it helps to create a stronger person. You know, you say with the confidence and all that and, you know, what, what that does essentially, it allows the ego to drop down a bit lower and, and really just allows them to be themselves and not so caught up in the idea of this big, tough, macho man that they want, that they feel like they have to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. So mate, we, we've gone over, we've gone over quite a few things, stuff that I already knew about you. So I'm going to try and, well, when I say already knew, obviously to like at about the, the first level anyway, like talking to you has been really interesting. I've really, really enjoyed it, but we've talked about started with photography started. Then we kind of went into like the nomadic van lifestyle. Then we've talked about your travels over to, Bali and then to India and we've also spoken about yoga and then martial arts that's that's a very full life what is there is there other things that um you find really make up make up you what what don't I know what have we not covered so far um my every single experience that I've had has helped to make up me these days and I've been blessed you know I grew up in West Sydney in Shelby which is in Mount Druitt and you know I've for people that say it's a rough neighbourhood, they don't understand what it's like to live there. It's, I actually had a great childhood, you know. We'd be all playing out footy. We did some some dumb stuff that got us into trouble and that as as well. But we were, we were kids. We were just to us that was just something new to try out, you know. Um, and then yeah, I you know I've been in a lot of different industries, you know, from roofing being my trade, concreting. Um, PT, all that kind of stuff. Like I, I teach yoga currently still now and all that. I've built cool rooms and that. Um, you know, I've, I've had culture shocks in different countries like Thailand, India, Bali, um, you know, have, having the opportunity to travel, but all these different experiences. And, you know, like I play basketball, I skate, uh, you know, I, I read a lot. I, I try to experience as much, as many different things as I can. And, um, and, you know, and at times I was a, um, you know, I used to uh, get on the green a lot and all that sort of stuff. I used to party heaps when I was younger, like, you know, Thursday to Thursday to Sunday, I'd be on a bender. And then Sunday, other, I'd be trying to make up an excuse on how to get out of work for the Monday. 
with all yeah. the mates, you know, like um, come up with these shared ideas that we'd all ring our bosses with. But, um, but you know, having all these different experiences, they, they've been my greatest gift because it's allowed me to really um, understand, connect and have compassion for people in all different walks of life, you know, like, um, so I think that's why I get along with so many people these days uh, is, is, you know, I can really understand where people are coming from from relatable self-experience yeah look it's 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 good it's good life advice i think to um be like a good life experience like i'm i'm very similar I, I grew up in um western sydney myself out in liverpool um so it's 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 a it's funny to watch because you watch people take all different paths don't you like you watch people go you know, either go do some do some stuff that starts with, as you said, just trying something new, trying something different, and then you find someone ends up in jail, or you find someone ends up, and it's it it, it actually makes me sad to an extent. But then again, I've also seen people come out of some of those life experiences much better, a much better person. So it really, and it's actually why I do this. It's it's I love the idea that every single person has worth and every single person can tell a story. Like I had a, I, um, I was brought up Christian in a very Christian family. And I'm like, I'm, I'm away from that these days. And I've got plenty of thoughts on that. I, I, I'm a bit more like you now is I, I don't say there is no creator because I look at the world and the way it works. And it seems like it's some kind of design. You know, it doesn't seem like something that would just happen. It seems like it's something that works. Don't think it's perfect, like uh, Christianity would have you believe, but it works. But it but it functions. Do you know what I mean? So that makes me lean towards a creator. But um, I kind of lost my train of thought there for a sec. Where am I? Uh, <laughs> I hate when that happens. No, but I was I was think I was just trying to say that. Um, everyone's got a different path to get to wherever it is they're going. So you've got to appreciate that everyone's got a story. And that's exactly why I started this thing because like, I think everyone has, Oh, sorry. I, I do remember what I was going to say. Um, in Christianity, there's this big, and there was like a parody of we are shit and you are great. And we are shit and you are great. And like, I hate that. Like I absolutely hate that. This idea that, as a person, you have no worth, but only the person who created you has worth. I'm like, that seems like an absolute garbage concept to me. And I, to be honest, I don't even know how biblical it is, but it certainly was intertwined with the Christian church. But um, I started this to, because I believe everyone's got massive worth and everyone's path has substance and everyone's story is worth telling. We're not all going to write books about it, but it's still absolutely worth telling. Like I, I, I've really enjoyed hearing about, and mate, I, I reckon we've probably touched about this much of the surface of where you've come from. Like there's always been only been at it, been at it for about an hour, but I reckon you could just go on for hours about where you've come from. You know, like there's always something new to, to find out about someone. Yeah, mate. And that's, um, yeah, it's, it's spot on. And I really, admire you for doing this because um you know a lot of people uh have the idea that they're just boring yeah i guess just boring everyday people but really you know like i heard this quote 
that was you're boring to yourself but interesting to other people and you know and everyone does have a story man like people might not think it because some people have these heightened stories which trumps their like you know in their own mind it trumps yeah that's else, but that's it that idea of like if someone listens to you they might go oh wow this guy's lived a life but guess what so have you you've just lived a different one it doesn't it's not a it's not a better or worse story it's a different story and like i yeah. i find that and i think every i think most people some people are a little bit more charismatic and some people have it but everyone's story is worth telling so i put it out there i put it out there on social media i'm happy to meet someone off the street and say hey do you want to have a crack at this and i actually want to do that more i've actually put it up on twitter i kind of put it out there saying look whoever wants to do this and i had one person kind of say oh what kind of questions do you ask i'm like i don't know i see how it goes yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like i see how it flows if it, i'll you tell me about something and i'll ask you more about that if it flows into something else i'll ask you more about that it's not about researching uh, someone who's making a movie or doing this you know what i mean like it's it's just a conversation and that's um i want to do more of that i actually would love to do one blind where i meet someone on a day and then do something like this on the day and i want to do more of that i've played it a bit safe with my first three episodes this is i actually thought i knew you had a bit of a story to tell so i, I reached out but i'm i'm ready for people to reach out to me and say hey yeah yeah i'll do that do that with you. i'll do that show i'll do that podcast video podcast whatever this thing ends up being like i'll keep the audio if i ever want to make it an audio podcast but at the moment i'm just throwing it up on youtube but yeah i'm i love that i i mate thanks for coming on and and telling your story like it is actually much appreciated that you take the time out because i like you I, I really like to hear from people yeah mate. and and you know like exactly what you said giving people the opportunity to be seen and heard especially in today's age that, that's a really big thing because People are down on themselves because they don't have this social media lifestyle that's portrayed a lot of the time. Um, and, you know, to give people an opportunity. And like you said, like people might hear someone's story and be like, oh, that's really amazing. Mine must be crap. But then you'll hear their story and there's parts of their story that really intrigues everyone else. And so everyone's got all these tiny little different aspects of their journey, which make up just this amazing, um, this amazing connected story between so many people and it's you know for, for those people that do think that their life is boring if they started to um get asked questions for it in the free flow way that you do it starts to open more doors and connect more keys so to speak to um to then help them to realize that you know that they are on a massive journey of their own whichever path they yeah. take and have been taking up until this time it might even set off some light bulbs on things they want to change in their life and, ways on how to live and like we didn't like i said we scratched the surface i reckon we covered a range of topics about you today without going into crazy depth about any of them you know we we said talked about photography and why you do it but we didn't go into how you learned it when you picked it up first camera all that kind of stuff you know talked about you living in western sydney as a kid and how it was a good life but didn't i you could i reckon you could tell hundreds of stories about how you grew up do you know what I mean? There's just like, yeah. we've gone over a bunch of stuff, but you could focus on one aspect and go for hours on it. And like, I, this is why I'm always open to do more of these. Like I'm open to go, okay, this is part one. I'll have you back in a, in a couple of months, do part two. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just think yeah. there's so much you can, 
get from and mate i really do appreciate that like people are able to open up and really say something because there's not enough talk going on this too like i said too many people are down on themselves so look I, I probably will call it call it a day there for the moment i think we've covered a lot of good stuff um so mate thank you very much for coming on it's really appreciated oh mate thanks for having us here it's it's good to share and you know have these uplifting conversations with people and really hone into the differences and different walks of life that we've been on so thank you absolutely so for for those listening thanks for thanks for thanks for those who have stuck it out and listen, um, Luke's got a cracking story, but um, I'm sure you guys do too. So if you want to reach out to me through a like through Twitter, I'm at at Solzy04 on Twitter. I'm on Instagram as 236520. Um, I've got a bunch of different places you can reach out to me if you want to come and tell your story. I'm honestly happy to, to talk to absolutely anyone. So thanks, Luke, for coming on. Until next time, this has been the Project One podcast. Goodbye.